Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, let's get rocking and rolling. This is Drop the Subject. I am Allie Johnson, and Jarrett is out today. He is venture. I think he's in the air as we speak to Florida. Which means I am joined by my bye guy, Clayton Ferris. Hi, Allie. Hi. Johnson. It's been a while since I've seen you. It has been a while. How the hell are you? I'm good. Still bye. Still, still bye. Cool. Still bye. Still bye. You've got a, a nice sailor theme going on today with yeah. your shirt. It's I like Tuesday. It. Sailor. It's Sailor Tuesday. <laughs> sailor Moon Tuesday. Sailor Moon Tuesday. All right. So go ahead and tweet at us using the hashtag uh, Sailor Moon Tuesday, <laughs> and we can answer any of your Sailor Moon or not related questions at DTS Show on Twitter. We have a great show lined up for you. There are people breaking out of prison for very in very creative of ways. We also have Just the Tip Tuesday to get to. Dr. Jen Mann will be joining us later in the show. She has been on the show before. She's a very knowledgeable, very sweet, lovely person. She is a licensed uh, family and relationship therapist. She actually just sent us her book, which I can't wait to get through. This is my favorite day. Anytime I can talk to a therapist and get free therapy advice, I'm like like so grateful. Jen, why don't we have you on more often? And she was like, great, what time? I was like, "Mm, I usually do therapy on Tuesdays. Right, you're like, Tomorrow, 10 to 2. I went to a dinner party this week and there was a therapist there and I slowly like let the whole conversation just be like a therapy session for me. That must happen a lot to therapists. But it seemed like he was okay with it. Like it seemed like he really liked being well, they're trained to make it seem like that. That's true. <laughs> and I guess if anyone comes to you with an issue, especially if it's a little bit like heightened, therapists probably feel like they have to like, okay, what yeah. it like? You need me right yeah, now, they can't. so I guess I have to. I wonder if that is the the job that is the most like that, like more than a doctor or right. a lawyer or a real estate agent. You know, there are certain jobs where it's like as soon as you say that you're that thing, people are like, oh, I need advice. Right. But um, you can. I'm, should I sue this person? <laughs> yes. Should I sell my house? Should I buy a house? But it's so interesting. Like, if you're a, a lawyer, you're like, you know, literally to give someone advice, I get paid $500 an hour. Right. So, like, I'm not going to give you free advice. Right. But if, if there's like feelings or emotions or danger on the line, like, for a doctor or a therapist or something, I feel like they have to be like, okay. <laughs> here some we kids go. choking on something. They're yeah. like, oh my God. But you know how they also. Why do I always have to get roped into this just because I'm a doctor? Exactly. Can't I just finish my meatloaf? You know how someone's always like, whenever something bad happens, they're like, is there a doctor in the house? We should start saying that for therapists. Yeah. <laughs> like, is there a therapist in the house? Is there a therapist in the house? I'm sad. I can't afford a real one. <laughs> Even the ones I. The last therapist I had both yawned and farted during one of my sessions. So I wow. uh, anything at this point, any kind of conversation that doesn't involve those two things is an upgrade. For that me. is my nightmare. Being in a small room with someone that farts. <laughs> oh yeah, and she she did the whole lean over too. Oh, it was blatant, and she worked in a meditation at the end of every session. But I think it was just a cop out. Like I don't think I really needed it. Like I would be in the middle of something and being like, and anyway, she said to me, and she's like, oh okay, now it's time to meditate. Bing, and I was like, what the hell. I even had her one time, I was talking about something. I must be so boring. I was talking about something that happened to me. You were talking? Yes. Shocking. I was talking. (laughs) I know. It's unbelievable. And in the middle of a sentence, she went, sorry, do you you hear that? And I was like, what? 
And she was like, oh, there's construction outside. Hold on. Let me just close this door. It's this window. It's so, that's so loud. So annoying. All right. Anyway, what were you saying? I was like, you're literally just admitting that you were not listening to me and you right. were more focused on the crane outside. But I would say that there's a bit of truth in that. Like, if the truth in the moment was that there was something distracting her, she recognized it. She lived her truth. She lived her truth. Right. She and didn't just... without just saying you're boring, because <laughs> she said, let me go over this window and look out it for yeah. at least a minute. You're boring. Oh, that's <laughs> much better. Much better. See, yeah, I don't really have one of those jobs where you go to a dinner party and people are wanting to know everything about your job and are wanting to uh, pick your brain or anything like that. Usually right. when I tell people I'm in radio, they're like, they're like, that's still around? Yeah. Uh, you know, my grandpa still listens to the radio. You know, uh, and then they, they go to through their like, oh, do you remember Delilah? You remember Howard Stern? Oh, you know what? Rush Limbaugh. That's the, they always go through really, really Do you remember really Orson old. Wells? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah. Yeah, why? It's <laughs> the last time I listened to a radio program. <laughs> Really? Was Orson Welles <laughs> yeah. the very War first the radio world. broadcast? <laughs> well, then you, then you, that's when it's great to talk to old people right. because then they really appreciate what you do if yeah. you're on radio. They're what like, are, mm. but isn't it offensive if someone says like, "Oh, your what time's your podcast?" Like they call this a podcast. Yes, I know it is a podcast, but it's a radio show first. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I think when you tell people that you are on the radio when they are twenty five or under, it's very difficult to explain to them that it's a live program and how right. to listen live because they're like, "Oh, I got to listen to your thing," and you're like, "Yeah, you have to listen between the hours of ten and two Pacific time," and they're like, they're like "Pacific oh. time? What's that?" <laughs> <laughs> Down with daylight savings. This is so stupid. <laughs> anyway, well, I, something on my way home yesterday, something happened to me in the car that made me feel like the most disgusting person in the universe. I actually got into my car, and when I was leaving the building yesterday, I uh, I was heating up my lunch to leave. And Ginger Dustin said, "Why are you heating up your lunch if you're leaving?" I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna eat in the car." And he she he was like, "You eat in the car?" And I was like, "I eat most of my meals." in my car now I feel like yeah. I feel like I'm borderline living in my car anyway I was eating my lunch on the way home like a normal girl and I noticed that there was somebody else in the car with me so we'll get into that when we get back you are listening to drop the subject on your radio the radio and on radio.com or maybe podcast later drop the subject we'll be right back the new channel Q Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. I don't know why if I'm just a sadistic person, but I always want to hear about that. So if you want to call us, 833-77-CALL-Q, or you can tweet at us at DTS Show or DM us on Instagram at DTS Show. I am not usually a person who looks at this day in history, the bagel was invented or whatever it is. But today is sort of an important day, and I believe this is on everybody's mind. It's all I'm thinking about today. Is the internet. <laughs> and that fact that it was born 28 years ago today. It's weird to think that somebody actually, that one man invented the internet. But Tim Berners-Lee, he's not somebody that you've probably, I mean, I think a lot of people are like, who? Don't people who think Al Gore invented the internet? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's like a thing. <laughs> I swear. I always think that it's like Bill Gates or somebody, you know, like, like or Steve, not Steve Jobs, but somebody in that 
time period where the the Silicon Valley computer wars were happening, you know, and there was just and this was when the Internet was invented. It was mainly for just offices to communicate with one another. It was just like, can we send a signal from this computer to that computer? Why don't we figure that out? I don't think that Tim Berners-Lee had any idea that the World Wide Web would turn into the hot garbage heap that it has become. Right. And of course, a lot of people are talking about the negative parts of the internet, especially with all of the stuff that happened this weekend with the shootings and things like that. I mean, you talk about these web these websites like 8chan, mm-hmm. where people have a breeding ground to spread hate and, and, and talk about white nationalism and things like that. Of course, there are good things about the internet. For one, I wouldn't even know that it was the internet's birthday if it weren't for the internet. Yeah. The See? internet is in, is reminding me to wish the internet happy birthday. So happy birthday, internet. Happy, happy birthday, internet. I remember when I was in like, not that I want to age myself, but I remember when I was in um, like, I guess it was elementary school and like we start like the internet was around, but no one really knew what it was. People were just like, we, it, it, you know, they're like, we have the World Wide Web here. Yeah. And everyone was and like, you have oh, to type cool. in HTTP. <laughs> But, slash, we, slash, but we had no idea what it meant. Just the concept of it. I was like, what do you mean? It just seemed like a library of info. Like when it first started, you were like, oh, you basically just have like a library. Yeah. You're like, is it in Carta? A digital library. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. I remember in Carta it- being like a digital, t- digitalized like Library. encyclopedia. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do you remember microfiche? <laughs> like <laughs> yes. where you'd have to, it was just like tiny, tiny images of things that you would zoom in on and it would just be text yeah. and writings. We had to learn, uh, well, I remember in eighth, it was eighth grade, yeah, we learned basic coding. Wow. I, yeah, on like iMac computers and I was like, wow, this is crazy and and uh, Mavis Be- Beacon teaches typing and we, we did some computer classes right. when I was in eighth grade but to think that 28 years 28 I mean, years and ago. that the World Wide Web is still technically a millennial but that's true. But if you're like me, you're a zennial because you fall into the time frame in between where you remember life before the internet and life afterwards. I do. If you remember and played Oregon Trail, Oregon Trail, I think you're. A, I think that's the the signifier. Oregon Trail generation. Exactly. <laughs> we are the Oregon Trail generation. No, that's de- what we're generation. called. We. Oh, we are. Yeah. Is that like, a legit thing? That's a legit thing. Like it's zennial or the Oregon Trail generation because that was like right before the internet happened. Wow. And so we still we remember the time before Twitter when things were happy and good. <laughs> See, that's the thing is I think about this because Katie and I have been talking about having kids and talking about how we're going to parent our kids. And I am seriously considering going to Amish life. Wow. I'm like, you know, let's just raise our kid with no technology. That would be incredible. Or we'll just raise them on Oregon Trail philosophies. Yeah. What are you going to do? There's a river here, baby. Look, if you get typhoid or bitten by a brown recluse, we <laughs> have gone. to take you out back. <laughs> Sorry. We don't have insurance. We don't have insurance. And that's just thumbs the brakes, thems okay? The bricks. Going back in time. All right. News that or lose it is coming up, so stick around. You're listening to Drop the Subject. Subject with Allie and Clayton. Subject. A subject on your radio and radio.com. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, drop the subject with Allie and Clayton Ferris. Uh, Emmy, were we able to get a hold of Clayton's theme music? He is our resident bisexual in residence, and it's important that we give Clayton Ferris a proper introduction. He is our bi guy. 
Bye guy, he's hooking up with gals and dudes He don't wanna make decisions, he don't have to choose Bye guy, he'll hit the ass, he'll hit them up He's on Tinder, he's on Grindr, he can't get enough mm. Clayton Ferris on the show And he's by for show <laughs> Clayton Ferris is our bye guy Perfect. Um, you know, I as a I have a very fluid sexuality that, that's always... Don't make me redo the damn song, Clayton. I can't take it. I'd like to come out as something else now. No, I'm um, just kidding. Well, we were talking, we had the whole pansexual conversation because we did a, a segment that you had named, actually, Coming to Terms. Coming to Terms. Yeah, where we and we've done it since, uh, just talking about different sexual identities, gender identities that are in our ALGBTAI community. <laughs> Did you divided say by two <laughs> uh, community yeah. umbrella? Well, there's a new one that's going around called omnisexual. Have you heard of this? No. <laughs> it's very similar to pansexuality. Only you only, only date meat eaters. Only it's called omnisexual. Is that all? All well, omnipresent Omnivore. is on is all knowing, right? right. So omnisexual is all effing. Uh, yeah, you f all. <laughs> Well, maybe we should do an impromptu coming to terms later today, then, and actually talk about that. We should. Because I think that's interesting. That the, I mean, the, that's the whole point of coming to terms, is that the uh, the na- the amount of sexual identities out there is so vast, right. and it gets bigger and bigger, grows every single day with what people want to label themselves as. And uh, so it can be confusing, it and it's be. okay that it's confusing, so we break it down Sesame we, Street we, style. Exactly. But at the same time, it's like, I know it can seem annoying that there are all these terms or like, but it's like, to me, it's important because it opens up so much. It, it's like an opening that's happening. You know, there's like this awa- like awakening that's happening. Yeah, it's sexually. Pandora's Smashbox. <laughs> yeah! It's great. That's another one. I just added one. Just, it's like a word jumble. You just word jumble of sexual identities. It'll that, work out. You know, I've even learned about new pronouns because mm. there's he, there's she, there's Z, there's Zim, blah, there's blah, blah. They. There's they. And then there's we. We. What's that? If you're in a couple, I want to be called we an hour. Is that an us uh, how, for an individual? That seems kind of similar to they, right? I think it's. Uh, I think it's adjacent. It's okay. they adjacent. They, it's they adjacent. Yeah, but I because I, I was reading about different people's identities and stuff, and there was a person who said that they that the, their preferred pronouns were us and we. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, there's a lot There's a lot to talk about then. Coming to terms, we that... will do that later in the show. We will talk about omnisexuality, and we will talk about the we. The royal we? The Who royal knows? we. Uh, okay. <laughs> News it or lose it. Here we go. <laughs> Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. Right, Clayton, I'm going to give you five stories. You decide, news it or lose it. What you news, we will get into at the top of the next hour, and what we lose, we will never discuss again. Okay. Here is your first headline. An artificial tongue that can identify counterfeit whiskey. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got to hear that. Okay. Where's the bell, Emmy? Have you seen the bell? Ah. Do the bell. There you go. If you're going to news it, you got to do the bell now. Okay. Headline number two. San Francisco man's dog on pace to make $80,000 a year. 
No. I don't want to hear about a dog that makes more money than I do. <laughs> I, I mean, this dog's name is Coconut Rice Bear. Oh, well, And it's see, not just any dog, but hear. it kind of is any dog. It's okay. We'll, we're losing it. Uh, the next store to lose in the retail apocalypse files for bankruptcy and will close 15 of its locations. I'm curious for some reason. Okay. Headline number... I love how you have to hold it up to the microphone. Uh, Headline number four. A 91-year-old breaks the 400-meter dash world record, then says, I'm ready to croak. Oh. Oh. I I, I can't not news that. Okay. Thank you. And then finally, here we go. I got to grab this last one. Dream hacking. How to use your brain's wildest, weirdest state. Oh, yeah. I want to know. Okay. I have nightmares. I'd like them to be good. Hack on into those dreams. Yeah. Okay. Newsing that as well. All right. Dream hacking. How to use your brain's wildest and weirdest state. An artificial tongue that can identify counterfeit whiskey. Uh, Diane Hoffman, she's 91 years old and just ran the 400 meter dash. You news that, right? Nope. No. Or, you, uh, yeah, I did. I said did. I had to. <laughs> nope. But yes. I'm taking it back. And then the next to go in the retail apocalypse. We'll get to all that and more when we get back. You're listening to Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay, yes. Thank you for listening to Drop the Subject. If you're just checking us out for the first time, give us a follow at DTS Show on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm Allie Johnson. Uh, Jarrett Hill is out for the rest of the week, and I am joined by my bi guy friend, Clayton Ferris. I'm very happy to have you, Clayton. I'm very happy to be here. Uh, I know we don't. I'm very happy Sorry. to be here. Thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I, do, yeah, I know we are not usually your go to source for breaking news, but I just wanted to let everybody know i just got an alert on my phone from entertainment tonight that jennifer aniston is casually dating again wow we need to break this down (laughs) cancel the rest of the show the rest of the show oh and oh wow update she is also in touch with brad pitt (gasps) a source says Unbelievable. I love that like breaking news is literally the fact that she's in touch. She that could she's have, in touch and dating. What if she could have just sent him like a message that was like, hey, I found one of your old t-shirts. It's still at yeah. my house. Or like, whoops, I accidentally connect. I accidentally emailed you in this group chat or whatever. <laughs> like it could mean absolutely nothing. Right. Um, interesting. Well, um, why well, don't we get to our with that? Why don't we get I, like? Why do they think that I care about these things? Like, what are they like? Hey, Allie, these are the things we know. You have you will something care about. set on your phone that's you're asking for these notifications. Turn it off. Just, just turn just, all the notifications no, off. No, you know what? I did notification free about a year ago. My life has <laughs> never been better. Really? Yeah. I'm not getting notifications unless I, I have to go search them out. But I, but then I do feel like I need to keep up with things in order to. Well, you be, don't need to you know, keep up with that. <laughs> I don't need to keep up with this. No, but I don't. I don't get to pick and choose. Yeah. I also have to know about like break actual real breaking news that matters. Yeah, that's true. So you know, it's not bad, I guess, to have a. a Story like Jennifer Aniston's dating again. Yeah, just creep just on to, in there. Just to cut. Just peppered cut. its way throughout all yeah. the horrible things There's that are going horrible on. horrible things that happen, so, you know, it's okay. Well, what's go, her, Jen. What's her hair like these I days? I think it's the same. <laughs> Let's do News It or Lose It. Okay. <laughs> 
Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. She got a flat iron. She never looked back. Okay, here's your first story, and Clayton. And some layers. Oh, yeah. She flat does iron. do the layers. Give but me she... flat iron and layers, and it's the 90s all over again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's talk about this artificial tongue that can readily identify different whiskeys. Now, I thought that when we invented robots, the whole point was to have them do jobs we don't want to do. Right. The Roomba, for example. That's just cleaning. No one wants to do that. Uh, Cleaning up a grocery spill. No one wants to do that either. A grocery spill. Okay. Like, we have robots for a reason to do things that we don't feel like doing. Uh, checking people out at a, at a, at a, uh, at a store, mm-hmm. you know? Now we've invented robots that are whiskey tasters. And I'm going, why the hell are we inventing robots for this when we, hey, right here, real tongue, happy to taste whiskey? Uh, yeah, it's weird. So... An artificial tongue has been created that can taste minute differences between varietals of scotch whiskey, (laughs) and it could be the key to identifying counterfeit alcohol. So they were able, this robot has been able to analyze samples of Glenfiddich, Glenmarnock, Laproig, Laproig, and many others with 99% accuracy. Interesting. So it can tell the difference between all these different types of scotch and whiskey, and then it can identify, hey, uh, this is actually just a counterfeit bottle, and don't sell this, or whatever. So I mean, I always like I've always worried about that. Anyways, like I've had expensive bottles of wine before, and I'm like, honestly, can't tell. It tastes the same as two dollar Charles Shaw from Trader Joe's. Really? Yes. I feel like that that was true for me for a while. Oh. Now I feel like, unfortunately, I can tell the difference. So you're saying I have a trash palate? Yeah. Okay. I think this robot probably has a better one than you. <laughs> no, I I think that it depends on how much of it you've. You've had right, like, and you've had a lot. I've had a lot. <laughs> I've I don't know. I just think that I've had Charles. Like I've done the two buck chuck for a very long time. So you can taste subtle differences. And then I've and then I've had really really good wines. Not like I don't think I'd be able to tell the difference between like a thirty dollar bottle and a two hundred dollar bottle or something like that. Right. But I can taste like two dollar wine. Yeah. And I and like the like on Friday night we had really crappy wine and I had like two sips of it and I was like you know I'm good mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think this is really worth it for me. Right. But couldn't someone, like, that's why this tongue thing is weird, because it's like the whole point is you developing your own palate right. and taste. Mm-hmm. So don't, why are we giving that... To a robot. To a robot. Who doesn't care. Yes. Okay? They don't care. They're not even getting drunk. Yeah. Or is it? <laughs> that's... Could and be. then, is this robot drinking on the job, and should it be fired and replaced with a damn human? Right. And All then right. what is this tongue going to do when it's not tasting I mean, whiskey? I don't know, but if I'm ever going to marry a robot, it's going to be this one. <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to get to the rest of these stories when we get back. You're listening to Drop the Subject. Stick around. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Drop the subject with Allie and Clayton Ferris, our bisexual resident, our resident bisexual in residence. <laughs> That's get it. That wrong, That's it. Is with us today. And and uh, just to prove something that you said on the air earlier, Clayton, when we were talking about how it is the 28th birthday of the World Wide Web. Mm-hmm. 
You said you thought that Al Gore had invented it. Well, I don't know if you <laughs> really thought, thought that. It. He claimed, he claimed it. it. So according to our friend Dave, who listens to the show, loves the show, is also a Trump supporter, said, and he's a Samsung owner. Sorry, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to forget that part. That's the offensive part. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, he said Al Gore did claim to have created the internet, and he did not. That is quite a thing to claim. Like, I didn't know that... Al Gore was Romy and Michelling his way through life. Yeah, he invented post <laughs> Actually, recently there was the, the inventor, the actual inventor of Post-its like died or there was some kind of anniversary or something. There was some reason why the, the inventor of Post-its was actually in the news. Made me think about the, but, the movie. Uh, this isn't important, but just to stay on the Post-its thing, are you really the inventor of Post-its? Like you didn't invent paper or glue. You just put them together. Yeah, but that's, I mean... You could say that about Cheesy Tots, like you weren't the inventor of cheese or the inventor of tots, but the inventor of Cheesy Tots should be rewarded. He, they should. They, when the inventor of Cheesy Tots dies, that should be a national holiday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we have all these National Donut Day and National Pizza Day. Cheesy Tots deserves a day. Yes. 100%. All right. What moving- are Cheesy Tots? I don't even know. What are they? There's tots with cheese? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Have you ever had tachos? No. What? She, they're, it's nachos that are tots. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so they're so, called fries. <laughs> no, they are tots. <laughs> they're called fry-chos. No. <laughs> fry-chos. All right, let's move forward with News It or Lose It. We're already running out of time. Uh, the next to go in the retail apocalypse. Uh, this store has been around for a very long time. It's for more than 90 years. It has been an iconic luxury specialty retailer renowned for its edits, strong points of view, creativity, and representation of the world's best designers and brands. Is it Gadzooks? <laughs> or Spencer's, Charlotte Russe. Spencer's Gifts. It's uh, Barney's New York. Oh. They have claimed Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Wow. And they are closing their 15 stores across the nation. Mm. Like many in our industry, Barney's New York's financial position has been dramatically impacted by the challenging retail environment and rent structures that are excessively high relative to market demand. Uh, ex- excessively high relative to market demand. I can't even tell you the last time I walked into a Barney's New York, so... There's a Barney's in Glendale, and every time you Not walk anymore. by it, no one was in there. Yeah. Because no one can afford $700 t-shirts. Yeah, even if it used to be $1,400. Sure. And it's on sale for $700. Still too much. Too much. All right. Let's talk about this 91-year-old who broke a record. I think that when you are over the age of 90, pretty much any, any physical activity breaks some kind of record. Sure. I did meet a man one time who had participated in the Senior Olympics, or he was at a qualifying match for the Senior Olympics, and apparently it gets very competitive. So this woman, Diane Hoffman, is a true inspiration. She just broke the world record for the 400-meter dash, and then she said, I am ready to croak. So she just went over to Worcester, Massachusetts this past weekend where she broke a world record for her age group in the 400 meter dash. I actually can't find her time. Like, I don't know if it's 10 minutes. I don't know if it's 10 seconds. I what don't know. What if it was really like know. 10 days? <laughs> yeah. She's just like got her little walker with the tennis balls on the bottom of it. She says, you've got to move. 
You've got to do something for yourself. Don't let yourself stay in bed. Take a walk. Ride a bike. You've got to push yourself to make yourself do these things. So basically, she's saying, I can't just sit around. I'm 91. I have to move my legs. So that's a, a message. It is a message. Of inspiration. We should to all, all us. take inspiration from her. Get out and move. Move your damn legs. Move your damn legs, people. Well, you still got them. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay. No, we will not drop the subject. Never. Never. <laughs> Allie and Clayton Ferris here with you today. And News It or Lose It has sort of become like a saga today. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's like a four-part series. Well, you know, I, I haven't seen you in a while. I know. I haven't been talking to the people on out in the world. So I'm, I can't stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that I guess is it's a good place to have that problem. Exactly. Because there are microphones right in front of us. Okay, so we've talked about the 91-year-old that has broken the 400-meter dash. We've talked about uh, Barney's going away. And now we must discuss the final story that you decided to news, Clayton, which is how to hack into your dreams. Mm. Now, you've heard of lucid dreaming, right? I have, yes. Where you can dream and then you're you're actually in a waking state while you you're dreaming. Con- you can so kind of control yes. what you're doing in your dreams. That is very difficult and hard to master. Here's the easy way out. Liminal dreaming, where you basically just take a little microdose of a drug and then you go to sleep and you have crazy <laughs> dreams and Wait. then you write about them. So this this is called uh, the the actual substance is called Salia Sacatachichi. <laughs> Again, that is Salia Sacatachichi. It's an ancient and federally legal Mexican plant and it is also known as the dream herb. Uh, so basically, you get this in a little baggie, you go home, you put it into an herbal tea. It has a bit of a metallic and bitter taste to it. And then you drink it, you lay down, and you welcome a wild night of weird-ass dreams. And uh, and then, you know, you write them down in the morning, or you use it for creativity. People are starting to do this. This is sort of like a, a spin-off of microdosing. You know, a lot of people right. started microdosing, even big corporations and employees. They do these retreats where they microdose, and then they're like, nah, I'm going to invent the iPhone or something crazy <laughs> that you never even thought could be possible. And then, you know, creates something, a billion-dollar product. But I love. They're not calling it is. They're not calling what it is. It it. They're not calling a spade a spade here. <laughs> You're not doing what? <laughs> Which they're, is just taking drugs. Taking drugs. Yeah. And tripping out. Well, apparently, people have done this to. Apparently, artists have done it where you take this and then you kind of fall asleep, but then you wake up and you start painting. Okay. So it can be a way of you're in this half conscious, half unconscious state where your mind is kind of running wild and you can use it to your advantage. Liminal dreaming is different from lucid dreaming in that it's simply about the moments when you drift out and out of and back into consciousness. It is mm. about trying to prolong that wild brain state as much as possible. And that is something you could try right now just by taking a nap. Uh, liminal dreams offer a natural way to go into the stranger realms of the mind. Not to mention it is completely legal, short acting, and hangover free. Yes. So. I'm interested. Are you... <laughs> 
I am. What a shock. I uh, When I was reading about this, I was like, Clayton, I think you're going to want to do this. Yeah. My problem is, though, when I take naps during the day, like if I take a nap at like 2.30, I have severe anxiety. Like, I don't nap well. Oh, you have guilt nap? I have like guilt, not, no, not, like I have like, what am I doing with my life naps? I have like anxiety, depression naps. <laughs> it's weird. But do you feel the, that way because you feel like you're wasting your time by sleeping no, in the I middle f- of the day? I feel like it's just a weird, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like it's a weird, like something that happens to my brain when I take a nap during the day. It's like, oh, I can't do it. I completely disagree. I can take a 20 minute nap wake up completely refreshed because at one point during the day I'll just be like I can't think anymore and then I'll take 20 minutes we'll cat nap wake up completely refreshed and ready to take on the second half of my day that's amazing yeah and now that I'm taking this drug it's even better <laughs> it's even better and you should happen. read my diary it's insane <laughs> come up with a whole next show <laughs> I wish I could I, I want to get a hold of this try it I'll, I'll take some I'll go to sleep and I'll dream up the whole show where for the do you next get day. this stuff no idea. Okay. Well, we're going to find out. I'm guessing the internet. Great. What's that? And, <laughs> what's that? And was it invented today? I think Al Gore just invented it. At okay. least that's what he claims. All right. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Just the tip Tuesday on deck. Stick around. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Keeping things moving. Drop the subject with Allie and Clayton Ferris, our bi guy, our bisexual buddy. (laughs) And uh, we are going to talk to Dr. Jen Mann, a licensed uh, marriage and family therapist. She was on VH1 with, uh, I think a couple of her shows were Couples Therapy with Dr. Jen and Family Therapy with Dr. Jen. She's written many books. She's a very, very smart lady and a very nice lady. So can't wait to talk to her a little later. And I think we are going to discuss your current love life, Clayton. Yeah, we're going to get into a little bit of a, I guess it's a thruple situation I'm finding myself in. I'm always fascinated into how people fall into or pursue these types of relationships. Because I do think that in my marriage, there might be a throuple down the road. Who yeah. knows? That's I mean, the beauty of marriage. I, I have years and years and years to add a third. As someone who's never, you know, throughout my life has always been like kind of on the brink of like, I'm like, am I gay? Am I straight? Am I bi? I've always been like kind of curious and figuring it out, but open to my life. But it's one of those things where you're like, I would never think in my 30s that I would find myself in this position. But it's like, here you are. Yeah. And what what position is that? Uh, doggy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we need to dump? That? No. I think that's perfectly radio friendly. Let's get into just the tip Tuesday. This is a. Uh, This is an issue, not an issue, but this is a topic that you have mentioned, Clayton, you're not a big fan of, and Mm. that is self-care. Yeah, yeah. Not that you're not a fan of people taking care of themselves, but you think that it's kind of a, it's, people have gotten a little bit carried away with it, right? Yeah, it can go too far where we call, we say everything's self-care. We're yeah. like we're like I'm locking myself in a room today and turning off the lights. That's self-care. I'm like that's no, that's unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I found an article that actually addresses that exact issue. What is good self-care versus bad self-care? And that is what we're talking about for just the tip Tuesday today. Seven things that are examples of good self-care and seven things that are not. Okay. Now, the first thing that is good self-care is 
Very simple. Accepting help. Self-care is often about setting yourself up to succeed in life. Sometimes that means admitting you can't do everything alone. So that can just mean dropping uh, dropping your quest for that elusive perfection and just saying, hey, I'm human. You know, maybe I can't do everything. Maybe I can just ask somebody to help me. Uh, or maybe I just need a little company. Right. Yeah. And I, I think when it comes to things like depression and anxiety, one of the best things you can do for it is to openly talk about it. And, you know, like, not that you want advice from everybody, but being open about these things. Yeah. I mean, I think that you feel some of these things and you think about them often and then you just kind of let them sit there. Right. And then they can grow over time. Exactly. And then they become to not, it, that does not end up serving you Mm-mm. because you feel like, well, now it's gotten so far that I can't say anything about it. And you think you're alone. Exactly. Or that you're the only person that has ever experienced anything. You're not. Okay, what's the next one? Okay. The next one that is good self-care is getting enough rest and relaxation, obviously. True. Uh, but, coming up with regular break rituals for yourself. That is a very good self-care thing. So, you know, if if that means a 20-minute nap for you, if that means just uh, taking a little walk outside, getting a little fresh air, uh, you know, or even taking a vacation. Why, uh, you know, when we wait until that big vacation for, uh, for the stress to let up, it's not good because you miss daily opportunities to take short breaks and regroup your brain and your body. That's what, like, I do the meditation thing. I do the meditation thing, and yeah. that is that is like basically taking small breaks throughout the day. That is uh, on here as well. A lo- uh, That's good on, or bad. See. That's horrible. Meditation <laughs> is horrible for you. I can't believe you didn't know that. Uh, let's see. Hold on, me. There's a lot of pages of this. I know that. Uh, I know that meditation is on there. Yeah. Uh, dressing in a way that makes you feel good. That's another good self care thing. Dress for success. Dress to impress. Dress for the job that you want. The clothes make the man. Blah blah blah. There's no question having good grooming habits and dressing well are generally thought to be makers of high functionality in our society. It can also really help uh, with your self-esteem, which in part is self-care. Yes. Uh, Allowing yourself an occasional treat like ice cream cones, (laughs) sweet treats, tachos, cheesy tots. Uh, Deciding what self-care really is and isn't often has a lot to do with what your normal habits are. So if you're generally very healthy and mindful of what you put in your body, you eat a lot of fruits and veggies and things like that, then taking one meal as like a treat, that can be a form of self-care. But again, right after that, don't take frequent mindless snacks, uh, snack binges in the middle of the night and call it self-care because that is actually not. That's going to make you feel worse. So yes. now that we've talked about some of the good examples of self-care, we're going to talk about the cop-out things. The things where it's like, oh, I spent seven hours watching reality TV all night. That's self-care. It is not. So we will get into those for Just the Tip Tuesday. Stick around. You're listening to Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Okay, Ali Johnson here on Drop the Subject. Jared Hill is out this week. He will be back next week. He's in Miami. 
Home of the Golden Girls. Yes. Home of my girls. You know, I just got a text message from a friend this morning. Do you ever have those friends that just send you random things that they think you find interesting? Yeah. What do they? What kind of stuff do they send you? Because for me, it's always Golden Girl stuff. Yeah. Well, actually, I just have my my sister who lives in Dallas always just sends me disgusting memes. Oh. <laughs> what <laughs> does that I say about you? I can't Clayton. talk about on the air, but things that she thinks are funny. Ah, that's good. Yeah, I get basically like cute animal odd couples from my sister and then any Golden Girls stuff from everybody. I didn't know you were a huge Golden Girls fan. Oh, huge, yeah. yeah. I have Golden Girls Clue. I have Golden Girls Puzzles. I have <gasps> Golden Girls... Uh, I have a Golden Girls pin right on my backpack here. We Sophia sh- Petrillo. We should go see the Golden Girls show that they're doing. The Golden Girls and, Live? Yeah, have you Yeah, seen I it? think I know some of the people, the, yeah. some of the queens that are in it. We're going to yeah. go this weekend if you want to go. Anyways, that has nothing to do really? with Really? Okay, yeah. great. <laughs> So, self-care. That would be something that I would consider self-care. Going to see a Golden Girls show live. Yes. Amazing. But there are bad types of self-care. And what we're talking about for Just the Tip Tuesday today are the seven things that are good examples of self-care and the seven things that aren't. We talked about some of the things that are good self-care. So, let's talk about the things that are basically just cop-outs. So, we talked about how accepting help, saying, hey, I can't do this alone. Uh, Hey, maybe I am a little depressed or anxious. So, I'm going to talk to somebody about it. Accepting help. That is a good form of self-care. You know what's not? Trying to impress everybody by overextending yourself. Self-care is not about pleasing everybody. And a lot of times, I think especially this happens in women, they always put themselves last in their family unit or in their friend circle or in career or life or whatever. Yep. And then it can sit there and fester and it manifests in your own health in a bad way. Okay. We've talked about good self-care in the form of getting enough rest. Meditating, relaxing, setting up yourself uh, with nice ritual, uh, 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 regular break rituals during the day so that you don't feel as stressed out. You know what's not self-care? Zoning out in front of a reality show for seven hours, watching, you know, Real Housewives of Insert City here, and then sleeping in late and feeling crappy about yourself. You can say, "Hey, mate, this is recharging. I don't care. I'm this is self care evening. All right, I'm gonna open this pint of Jen, Ben and Jerry's. I'm gonna watch Real Paradise Bachelor Island, <laughs> and then you know I'm gonna be all recharged in the morning. And it actually makes you feel worse. That's not self care. That's not self care. That's self abuse. That's self sabotage. Uh, Dressing in a way that makes you feel good—that's a good self-care thing, right? Yeah. So you're you're you know dressing to impress, but you're also dressing for your own self-esteem, right? But what if you wearing sweatpants makes you feel good? Then that's 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 what that's my self-care right there. <laughs> See? Wearing sweatpants makes me feel amazing. Great. Okay. You know what's not self-care? Engaging in a bunch of retail therapy without any regard for your budget. Mm-mm. So that can be the opposite, where you're like, oh. I need some self-care, self-care. I'm going to go over to the rack and spend $400 on 17 vests that I already have. The, Not that everyone's buying vests. I'm generalizing. But you are buying a lot of vests. In fact, you're wearing one right now. I am wearing a vest, a hooded vest. A hooded vest. This is an old standard, though. I have not bought the. I have it's, not bought a vest in a long time. Do I see zip-on sleeves? <laughs> you too. Because Love I'm a it. fan of pockets. Yes. Clayton, I think it's ridiculous that a lot of women's clothing does not have ample pockets. Oh, I also have a couple earplugs in there. You have zipper. Zipper, like loving zippers is such a 90s thing. <laughs> I have a zipper. I have shoes like with zippers. Not, your 90s are showing. I have a lot of pants with zippers. Okay. <laughs> my 90s is very glaring. And my flat ironing is very 90s yes. as well. Uh, so yeah, shopping therapy, It's it's it can be maladaptive. It can be a bad coping mechanism. 
Yes. All right. Uh, allowing yourself an occasional treat. That's another thing that we said is good self-care. Hey, I'm going to go get ice cream with some friends. I'm going to ha- I'm going to go out for a nice dinner. I'm not going to think about my diet. But you know, it's not self-care. It's frequent mindless snacking on foods that will make you feel worse. Uh, while eating half a tray of brownies might make you feel better in the moment, it's actually not self-care because after the f- after the fact, you'll feel worse than you did, not better. Mm. Uh, another thing is scheduling time for exercise. Good self-care. Uh, re- exercising regularly, they have proven that will reduce your stress. It will improve your mental health. But you know what's not self-care is pushing yourself past your limits in the name of your bodily appearance. Mm-mm. So saying, oh, no, I didn't go to the gym today. I mean, that means I need to work out for seven hours tomorrow. It's self-care. It's self-care. <laughs> no. I, th- I think one of the hardest ones to do is like the eating thing because I try to eat healthy all the time. But if I if I don't if I don't eat like say you know I drink too much coffee and then I go like a long time without eating and then you get so hungry that so you're angry you're hangry and you're nauseous and you will ju- you don't want to eat like the healthy option you want like the fast food you want like the burger right then mm. and then it tastes good going down and then 10 minutes later you're in the bathroom you have severe heartburn and you're crying <laughs> looking in the mirror saying what happened to my hairline yeah, and you are not saying this for, from personal experience not at all definitely not yeah I think that diet you need a, it it requires planning yes i think that's that's the it, issue exactly there. and because it does if you require, don't plan it's the first thing that goes out the window like what do you have sitting next to you right now a, a bag ba- of carrots yeah and that was in a rush i grabbed a bag of carrots it's not my first choice but it's getting me through this 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 four hour Shift. show uh okay and then finally making time for a friend date that can be a good form of self-care you know what's not going out all the time at the expense of other things that are important to you and not giving yourself any alone time giving yourself some healthy boundaries with needed friends and family and saying hey i need to stay home tonight that can be good but you know what's not is retreating from positive relationships and isolating yourself completely so I think it's important for us to decipher what the difference between good self-care and bad self-care is because it's a word we tout all the time. Yes. Doing everything in the name of self-care. Just place a stamp on it. Self-care. It's fine. No. Not everything is. So follow these rules. (laughs) Quit doing crappy things and saying that it's self-care. Follow rules. It's important. We're going to tweet this out at DTS Show. Give us a follow if you're not already. Back with Coming to Terms on Drop the Subject. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Hey, hello. Is this thing on? Drop the subject. I was like, oh, no, we've been fired. (laughs) Uh, Drop the subject with Allie and guest host Clayton Ferris, our bye buddy. And uh, thank you for joining us today, Clayton. By the way, people can follow Clayton. At Clayton Ferris mm-hmm. on Twitter on and on Twitter, Instagram. Instagram at Clayton Ferris. You Ferris with an A. I'll also check out his old vines. Yeah, my old vine days yeah. are gone, long gone behind me. Yeah, but you were an ex vine star. I was. I am. I always will be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into coming to terms. You mentioned this at the top of the show, so we're sort of doing an impromptu coming to terms. And this is where we like to talk about. All the sexual identities and gender identities that exist within the LGBTQAI plus divided by symbol umbrella. There are a lot of sexual identities and gender identities out there, and it can be a little confusing. So, we like to break it down Sesame Street style, and today, Coming to Terms is brought to you by the letter O. Oh! For For omnisexuality. Now, what is it? 
We don't know. We don't know. It's one we're kind of having trouble figuring out. Well, I have an article in front of me about the difference between pansexuality and omnisexuality. And after reading this, I mean, it says the Oxford Dictionary defines pansexual as not limited in sexual choice with regards to biological sex, gender, or gender identity. And omnisexual is involving, related to, or or characterized by a diverse sexual propensity. I have questions. So we have reached out for some help. And who do we have on the phone here? Who is this? Keith. Hello, Keith. Hello, Keith. Keith is a friend of yours, Clayton. Yes. And Keith, you identify as omnisexual. Will you please explain what in the hell that means? Well, I can tell you what it means to me, which is that I find myself attracted to individuals of all genders, male, female, transgender, transsexual, people who identify in line with their birth sex and people who do not. Um, And it really is just a person by person basis for me. Okay, and then what but what difference is that from pansexuality? Because that's where I'm getting a bit it muddled. It seems like there's that a I subtle difference yeah. that we are try- we, that we can't really put our mouths around, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But maybe you can. Well, I'm going to try. I this is honestly a new thing for me because I've been hearing about pansexuality for a while. And um, for me, the difference, as far as I understand it, is that pansexuality is an umbrella term to describe being attracted to individuals of all kinds without regard for their gender, whether chosen, um, uh, internal, external, or otherwise. Um, And omnisexuality acknowledges that there are differences between genders, that the way I may be attracted to um, a female is different than the way I'm attracted to a male. And pansexuality is kind of like gender blind, um, but omnisexual is more just gender inclusive. Okay, so let me get this straight. So the the pansexuals... love people regardless of what their gender identity is. They can have no gender identity. They can they they don't think about that at all. And then you as an omnisexual, you are thinking about gender. You are saying I'm attracted to this man. I'm attracted to this non-binary person. I'm attracted to this transgender person. You are recognizing that there is gender involved. You are just omni accepting of all the genders in your relationships. A hundred percent true. See, yeah, see? Oh, yeah, baby. I knew Keith, Keith would be the person to call because he's articulate, whereas I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so when did, you dis- you. Yes. when did you discover that you were omnisexual? Is this a recent development? Because this is a recent development in, in, in terms of, like, I feel like working on an LGBT radio station, I've heard of a lot of these, but omnisexual is a new one for me. Is it new for you or has it, has it been around for you for quite a while? It's new for me, too. And the way I came about it was, I don't know if you've heard of this app Field, F-E-E-L-D, which is new to me, um, but some folks were talking about this dating app Field, and I signed up for it just to see what it was about, and it lists maybe eight to ten million different um, gender identifications <laughs> yeah. and sexualities. So, and you and, can do a write-in. 
can't you write in your own as well? I, I didn't even see that feature. I won't say that it's not possible. You're, you stopped at the O's. <laughs> yeah, that's as far as you got. What if you kept going? Yeah, well, I'm quantum I sexual. I saw the pansexual. I saw the omnisexual. And so I honestly looked up what the difference was. And I read a co- on a couple different sites the difference is I started to understand what that difference was and uh, got in tune with my own sexual history and what I really was feeling inside. And honestly, for me, as someone who's lived most of my life as a straight male, I am acutely aware of the way that I have been attracted to women for my lifetime and the way that I have had uh, a repressed attraction to other genders. And so the idea that I am aware of the fact that I am attracted to different genders in different ways resonated for me and somehow felt more accurate for myself. And not to say that you can, that pansexual and omnisexual can't coexist. Obviously they can. But for me, that just seeing the word in print there on my phone screen helped to open my eyes to that element of what made me feel like, oh, this is a part of me that I really can start to explore in a new way because there's a term for it. Interesting. Well, I have one more question for you, Keith. We are unlimited time, but does this mean that you only date omnivores or is that a ridiculous notion? No, I've been vegan in the past. Okay, okay, all right. Well, thank you so much, Keith, for clearing that up. This has been Coming to Terms, and who knows what we'll be talking about next week. You know, there's going to be, thanks to Field, there are unlimited options for how you can identify. I mean, not just Field, anywhere. You could really uh, delve deep into the well of sexual and gender identities, and that's what we'll do on Coming to Terms from this day forward. Perfect. All right. More Drop the Subject is on the way. We also have Dr. Jen Mann joining us a little bit later. So stick around. You are listening to Drop the Subject and learning something. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Yep. Drop the Subject with Allie and Clayton Ferris, our bisexual friend. He, after all this talk of pansexuality, omnisexuality, are you still sticking to the bi? I, it's, it, look, it's fluid. It changes. I mean, it's so, like, that's... You're just wh- a fan of fluids. That's why I said pan, that's why I came <laughs> into pansexuality, because I'm like, this is more inclusive of everything, and it doesn't make me, it doesn't limit what I'm out there, you know, looking for. So you don't... But now there's omnisex, well, I think pansexual is still more for me, because I don't think I'm thinking about gender as much as... Like, because Keith says that he has different... The way that he has attraction towards men versus women versus um, someone who's transgender versus someone who's non-binary, he he's mainly focused on the different types of attraction he has to those genders. Yeah, and and I, you are more like, yeah, and anything I, is good. Kind of, but I think... You're that, just a slut, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> I think that being omni maybe is a little more like a way to look at things if you're good at kind of like... If you want to categorize, yeah. If you or if you want to differentiate, yeah. And if that's important to you, just thinking about like, okay, so I I would like love this person this way or like have sex with them this way, whereas someone else it would be, yeah. But and it is different. It's different when you have sex with a man versus a woman. Obviously, no, no way. (laughs) I thought it was the same. Well, huh? 
Interesting. Okay, well, let's get into a different topic now. This is something that... Do we have to go already? Stop it. Oh, no. All right, well, we'll have to talk about this when we get back, and then we will get into the news it or lose it headline selections brought to you by Clayton Ferris. Uh, What happens to your brain when you cancel plans? I think this happens a lot now, where you can just kind of flake out it's not a big deal. You make plans, and then at the last minute, you just don't go. What does that do to your brain? Does it make you feel anxious? Does it make you feel relieved? Experts and psychologists have weighed in, so we will discuss I that. Need, I want to know. Well, the, great. Then you will stick around. <laughs> so I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. You are literally, literally on the edge of your seat, and we hope you are too. So listen to Drop the Subject. Continue to listen. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay, we are running behind as usual, so let's get into this conversation before we get into the news it or lose it headline selection portion of the show, which will be led by Clayton, our bisexual friend who has been joining us all show long. What? Do- Stop calling me that. <laughs> Stop, you're putting me in a box. I. Uh, we can't get into your sexuality again. We already... <laughs> takes up way too okay, much time. Jesus. All right. What does canceling plans do to the brain? Now, this is according to experts, psychologists, scientists, all kinds of a hodgepodge of people that are smarter than we are. And I don't know if, Clayton, you think of yourself as a flaky person. When you make plans, how... What is the percentage likelihood you are going to carry out those plans? Uh, I would say like 95%. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm a, I'm a do-what-I-say person. Okay. So when you said you were going to come to my comedy show and then you didn't come, that was the 5% that... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, got it. So I, I'm, I'm not like a hugely social person. I can be kind of a homebody, but when I make plans... I've been trying to get out there a little more, make more plans, go see a show during the week, do something, and... Uh, I do get a little bit of anxiety when I know that I'm going to go out, especially on like a weeknight. I'm like, ah, like it for some reason, breaking the tradition of just going home and doing a little more work and then making dinner and that like leaving the routine makes me anxious. Right. So when all of a sudden at the last minute, the plans get canceled, I have a sense of relief. Mm hmm. Even though I did probably want to do that thing, and even if I went out and did that thing, I'd be like, all right, that was really fun. Right. There is a sense of relief, and apparently I am not alone. Research has given us some kind of insight into what happens in our brains when we cancel plans. Of course, it depends on why you are canceling and how you feel about it, but it says if, if having to keep a plan is causing a person discomfort, say he or she has a lot to do or doesn't really want to meet that person, maybe that person sucks. Maybe it's a person that you like haven't seen since high school and you're like yeah I don't know just because they're in town they said hey let's grab dinner and I'm like all right and you're not really looking forward to it or maybe you're just afraid of the unknown Uh, it is likely that there will be increased activity in the emotion centers in the prefrontal cortex where most higher level processing takes place you'll likely see activities in places like the hypothalamus with which helps regulate your emotions if you have strong emotional reaction positive or negative to that cancellation. So canceling a plan could be accompanied by relief and pleasure, which is often caused by more dopamine and release in the brain synapses. So for some people, if you want to be happier, make plans and then just cancel them. Yeah, but it also seems like that part, like 
you're missing the part where you, if you, you're like, oh, I'm a little bit uneasy about doing this plan, like meeting a new friend or whatever. But that's normal. And what you're missing out on is that new connection you're going to get if you do follow through and meet somebody. I, or, yeah. You know what I mean? I think there's a balance between, hey, just put yourself out there, even if it makes you nervous. Right. Go, go experience something. But then if there's also like, if you're piled up with work and it's making you anxious, and you decide, you know what, I'm making an executive decision. Yeah. I can't do this. That's then true. Then you do kind of get a sense of relief but they do say if a person does this all the time and sees it as a non-issue there will be no significant change in brain activity and then you're just a flake so that's not funny yeah don't be a flake don't be a flake there's enough of those in the world okay for god's sake i think that there is a a growing trend of people just canceling without any explanation which is a little weird okay Okay. news that are losing headline selection here we go here we go so our (laughs) drop the subject presents Lose it or lose it. All right, I'm ready. I got the bell. Okay, we're, I'm going to go quick. I'm going to give you some headlines. You're going to tell me if we're going to lose this or lose it. Okay, it. and our first one, organizers' gay son opposes the straight pride parade. So one of the organizers for the straight pride parade has an estranged gay son who is not happy. Mm, all right, sure. We haven't talked about straight pride in a while. Okay. Plane reportedly carrying singer Pink's crew crashes after oh. landing at a Denmark airport. Everyone's alive. That's a spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. Sure. All right. 8chan, which is like the... No, I don't want to talk about 8chan. Yeah, screw 8chan. This is fascinating to me. Domino's is stockpiling... I'm just kidding. <laughs> Domino's is stockpiling pizza ingredients to protect against a disorderly Brexit. So in, in the UK, they are stockpiling... Ingredients. Yes. Please news that. Yes. Definitely. Okay, great. Uh, Amazon, we love when Amazon gets screwed, allegedly scammed out of $370,000 by a 22-year-old who has been returning all these shipments that are just full of dirt. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I definitely want to learn about that. Especially, I will feel a little bad that I didn't come up with that, but I I will live vicariously through that person. Yes. They're a genius in my eyes. Uber and Lyft admit they're making city traffic worse. Oh, no. I mean, we know that. Are they? Who knows? They are. <clears throat> and a man accidentally throws How away... How many stories is this? Is this like 17 <laughs> stories? <laughs> How many are we at? Is this five? We're at six. All right, keep going. Okay. How many do you got? Uh, 25. <laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> man accidentally throws away $23,000 into the recycling bin. That's not a story. That's the whole story. Okay, then no. Okay, and burgers, Burger King's new Impossible Whopper comes with fine print. Hmm. Fine print? Yeah, like what does that mean? What the hell is that about? All right, I guess we'll news that <laughs> to figure out what that means. Okay. Well, this may or may not suck. We newsed five of these stories. So Five of the eight stories? We Great. Didn't get, we didn't get anything done or accomplished. All right, and we have to talk to Dr. Jen Mann, I believe, in this hour. So we better get through these stories. We have a lot to get to, so stick around. You're listening to Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. (laughs) Okay, Drop the Subject with Allie Johnson and Jarrett Hill's out this week. I'm joined by Clayton Ferris, who has been on, we used to do Friday by days. Good times. Back in the day. Back in the day, day. Uh, so now it is your time to shine, Mr. Yes. Clayton Ferris. It is time for News It or Lose It, bisexual edition. <laughs> Drop the Subject presents 
Snooze it or lose it. We only have 17 stories to get through, so let's get moving. We overpicked stories, so we're only going to do three. Oh, really? <laughs> well, you have to give me at least the highlights uh, of okay. the other two. Okay, we so can't, we can't just tease it and then never. The interesting stories that I'm glad you picked is this story about the National Straight Pride Coalition. We've all heard of this. They're trying to do this Straight Pride Parade, and everyone's pretty much uh, kind of gets is up in arms about it because you know straight people have pride every day, but. One of the most interesting persons that's having some issues to it is one of the organizer's son, who is gay, is not very happy that his own father is organizing a straight pride parade. Yeah, when you're when you're talking to other people in the queer community and they're like, oh, are your parents really accepting? And you're like, oh, yeah, they're a little conservative or whatever. To be the guy who's like, my dad is the one spearheading the straight pride parade right. is but, definitely... I mean, it, it, it kind of checks out that he's actually estranged because when he did come out... His parents disowned him. Oh, fun. So that's great. If anything, they're at least, you know, kind of sticking to their ideology of being <laughs> of being crappy. Now that is people. a silver lining, Clayton. See? At least they are committed to their to their conservative ideals. Yeah. They're not going back. Yeah. And I mean, I'm kind of like weird on these issues because if someone wants to have a straight pride parade, go for I don't like go for it. It's gonna not be fun. <laughs> well, that's my thing with it, is and that no one's gonna come. Nobody Nobody wants to go to a straight pride parade because everyone knows gays know how to make floats and they know how to party on a rainbow speedo, yeah, and wear a feather boa and get. I mean, we know how to do it right. Right, it's about and celebrating and exactly that what's behind the gay or straight pride parade is not celebration. It's about hate, and you know, what I mean, that's no, what yeah. it comes down to. If it was about not crapping on everybody else's yeah. uh, sexual orientation. Then go for then it. Then fine. Right. But if you want your own damn parade, go for it. But if it's just about being like, this is what's the right thing to do. Exactly. Because when I heard about this, I was like, all right, well, hey, let's not just poo-poo it right away. And then I was like, oh, damn it. Poo-pooed. But I mean, speaking of the right thing to do, Domino's <laughs> in the UK is doing the right thing by stockpiling pizza ingredients just in case something crazy happens when 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 Brexit happens. So uh, that psycho minister, uh, Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Oh, the British Gary Busey? Yes, exactly. On October 31st, he said that they're going to do, Brexit is going to happen. They're going to split from the union no matter what. So if, if the UK is not set up for this, a lot of the trade, see, I can't, I don't know anything about politics. That's but okay. like But they're going to lose, like, you know. All of this stuff is going to become more expensive, It's right? become more expensive. Right. So a lot of the, 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 um, items that they put on pizza that they import in are going to so be like... So all the pe- pepperoni we're eating is British ru- British pepperoni? Well, this No, this is British. Oh, this is, this is happening said, in the UK. Uh, but it. I'm like, what are they... What items that go on a Domino's pizza are like so luxurious <laughs> that they need to be imported from like... <laughs> right. right? Black olives? Black olives, I mean, like that's the truffles. Fans. Pineapple? Pineapple? I don't know. Truffles? I don't like. That's what I'm saying. What is it? Earl Grey tea? I don't know what you people eat. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's tons of pepperoni in the UK. You know, just Uh, go to uh, the Borscht Belt. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, (laughs) uh, So this is terrifying. I don't know if we were supposed to do this one about pink. (laughs) 
and her crew yeah, members. Yeah, yeah. No, this was one of the many notifications I got this morning. Yeah, so a plane carrying pop star Pink's crew and manager burst into flames after landing in the Denmark airport on oh, Monday night. this was after it landed. Yes. Pink was not on the aircraft, and there were no casualties. She was little teased. There's no casualties. <laughs> there are no casualties. Oh, Sorry, I'm drinking on the air again. <laughs> But that's okay. Hey, I mean, you know, if Pink had been on this plane, it would have been the marquee story on Channel Q. But I I think that the story here is that flying, when you really think about it, is terrifying. (laughs) Well, you know, that's funny you say that because I went on a plane this weekend and at one point we were taking off and I never look anymore. I don't even look out the window. I'm just doing, I'm on my phone or I'm doing whatever. I actually took some time to look out the window and see us flying over and I was like, this is ridiculous that we do this regularly and that everything, for the most part, is fine. Yeah. And I don't know if it we, it's because I don't I still don't know what's happening during flight. <laughs> right. Like I don't know how it works scientifically. Yeah. So if you really just sit there and you're like I'm literally just floating over the ocean. Right. How did the Wright brothers think of this? How did they think of this? Who knows? Oh no. We'll never know. We'll never know. Especially not us cuz we're in radio and we don't <laughs> we don't like yeah. we don't do We science. rely on people like us to tell us. <laughs> So this is another great story. Amazon was got scammed out of $370,000 by a 22-year-old who was buying products and then shipping them back. But instead of putting like the actual product back in the box, he was just putting dirt in the box. So that's so they really don't check. Yeah, like they don't open up the, the things and check. They just kind of take them back. So apparently. I get so paranoid about that. If I have to send something back, I'm like, okay, let's make sure every single piece is where it's supposed to be because I want to be able to get my money back and then okay is the shipping already included like I but take if, it if you think about seriously. how many things they're taking in in a they, day yeah they don't have time they don't have time and especially if they're like uh, starting to rely more on like robots and kind of like that sort of technology yeah. <laughs> like a robot can't tell the difference between a pair of Nikes and a pile of dirt <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. They can only taste whiskey. They can taste whiskey, but they can't, you know, discern dirt. All right. Well, there's a life hack for you. So I think that's very smart. Want to send something back? Yeah. Just send a box of dirt and keep moving on with your life. Take that, Jeff Bezos. The other stories would be that Uber and Lyft admit that they're making city traffic worse. That's not really a story. We know this. Of course. It's more cars. Mm -hmm. And Burger King's new Impossible Whopper comes with fine print. And that fine print is yet to be determined. What? <laughs> no. Is that the fine print? Basically. This meat is yet to be determined? Yeah. Well, it's because no, I get it's because they're still cooking the burgers next to the uh, the actual meat. So, so it's on a big fry pan yes. with a bunch of other so the chance, fat. Exactly. So the chances of getting like some other sort of meat juices or whatever oh. into your vegan burger are pretty high. Bring so, on the meat juices. So, I want the meat juices in packet form. Absolutely. I mean, I saw you eating your lunch earlier and it was meat juice on top of meat juice. Yeah. It was bacon wrapped chicken. Yeah. That's, I definitely find ways to make healthy things completely unhealthy. Yeah. yeah. That's the opposite of this impossible burger from Burger King. Yeah, and the fine print for me is just indigestion. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, drop the subject with Allie and Jarrett Hill is out today, but I'm joined by Clayton Ferris, and I'm very excited for the guests that we have on the phone. We had Dr. Jen Man in the 
what was it Ginger Justin probably a few weeks ago and we enjoyed talking to her so much that we said please send us your book please send us all your swag and uh, Dr. Jen did just that and we said we gotta have you back on the show so welcome back to the show Dr. Jen and thank you for the highlighter and the book and the pens it is my pleasure and and let's be honest here all you did was say Hey, I would love to read the book, but I sent you some juicy swag. You did. I, 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 I've never received a triangle-shaped highlighter. It was very gay-friendly, so thank you for that. It was very gay-friendly with many colors, not quite as many as the rainbow. <laughs> right. But, you know, I, I, I'm getting there. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm excited to talk about uh, this topic of non-monogamy because it is something that Clayton is embarking on. But in general, I think that we're seeing more non-monogamous uh, people in modern day do you experience having more non-monogamous clients and you have and what is that what do you think makes a non-monogamous relationship successful yes without a doubt i am seeing a lot more um people have open relationships have non-monogamous relationships variations of everything you can possibly imagine couples dating couples like all kinds of stuff but you know i it's interesting i wrote a column for in style magazine which i have a weekly column called hump day with dr jen about what what we can learn from couples in open relationships and to me one of the key things for people to understand who are embarking on this is that there are rules and both couples need to agree on what the rules are. And I've seen many, many couples who have done this. And it's important to understand, you can still cheat. Even if you have an open relationship, you can still destroy the trust that you have developed with your partner. Because what you have to do is sit down and say, okay, here is what I'm okay with. Here's what I'm not okay with. And have those difficult conversations. Okay, well, we decide that uh, penetration is not okay with fingers, with hands, with this. Okay, what about objects? What about something else? So it's important to really be very specific about what you're okay with, what you're not okay with, because sometimes the rules can get kind of fuzzy and people get hurt that way. Yeah, well... Clayton, maybe we could talk specifically about your situation because so Clayton is has been recently embarking on a new adventure where what's going on with you, Clayton? And then maybe we can get some advice from Dr. Jen because this is all new territory for you and there are no rules yet. Right. Basically, I'm I've kind I've just been in a been spending a lot of time with a specific couple where feelings interesting feelings have developed between all of us together Mm -hmm. and we've started kind of crossing more into having more of a physical relationship in a way Mm -hmm. and I'm starting to get a little um, tentative because of my kind of old-fashioned whatever like am I going to get jealous am I going to get hurt and these rules that you're speaking of like I've heard that there's there should be like hierarchy setups like Mm -hmm. it's like their marriage is the hot because it's a married couple their marriage established relationship yeah let's yeah and they would be top priority whereas my relationship with them is second yes um look Without a doubt, there is a hierarchy, and you also need to feel like it. And I'm assuming it's just the two of them and you, that it's not you and someone else as a couple and and the two of them. Correct. Yeah, so definitely um, their relationship comes first. They they are the primary to one another, um, and that, that, that comes first. 
And you're right to, to question whether you would feel jealous or not, because that, that is an important thing to consider. <clears throat> not everybody is wired to do this. Right. And if you're going to do it, knowing that about yourself, you want to really make sure that you check in with yourself and with them about what's working, what's not. You know, in the, in the article that I wrote, I talk a lot about how the, one of the things to learn from couples in open relationship is the level of honesty it takes to have an open relationship and also the level of insight required to do it well mm-hmm. is super high. And that there needs to be a constant check-in of, does this feel okay? Is this making me jealous? Is this still working for me? Is this not? What feels good? What doesn't? You know, just kind of a, a regular evaluation is really important. And interestingly enough, the the honesty and, like, truthfulness that we're having to share with each other is part of the thing that I kind of like about the relationship. It's, figure, right. it's a turn-on. Yeah, because you're Absolutely. not that open in your normal relationships. Well, but, but I think that that's a great take home for you for your next relationship. And and I think that whether you're in an open relationship or not, being able to have that level of honesty to be able to say like, wow, I was really attracted to that person. What does that mean? Does it just mean I'm attracted to that person or something going on in our relationship that I felt an attraction to this person? Like just simple conversations like that that not everybody has can be very beneficial. Hmm. Well, Dr. Jen, do you have a minute to stay with us for another sure. segment? Okay, great. Absolutely. We have, to, we have to take a moment, but I want to keep talking to Dr. Jen. And if you're not already, please follow her at Dr. Jen Mann and get her book, The Relationship Fix. She also has a weekly column uh, called Hump Day on InStyle.com. So stick around. We're going to talk to Jen Mann a little bit more on Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Okay, drop the subject with Allie Jarrett Hill out today, and I'm here with Clayton Ferris. We've had uh, we've been on the phone with Dr. Jen Mann, who is a great uh, couples and relationship uh, therapist, and of course you are a, a, a writer, a very successful uh, mental health guru. Would you call yourself a guru? I wouldn't call myself that, but I have been called it before, and it's very flat. Yeah, I think someone has to say that you're a guru. I don't think you can just declare <laughs> yourself a guru. I mean, I already am a huge fan after our first yes, interaction. You really helped Clayton. I feel woke. Some free, some free therapy. Um, I hate to shift gears, but I think this is important to talk about. I know that there has been a lot of talk about mental health over the past few days, especially with some of the recent events in El Paso and Dayton, and uh, I just wanted to talk to you about what your a reaction has been to, you know, when this happens, of course, people talk about gun violence and gun control. And then a lot of other people are talking about mental health and how to prevent yeah. things like this from beginning. Uh, my wife went to a high school that has a very high suicide rate and that uh, mm-hmm. counseling department has expanded exponentially. They're really, really trying to give more counseling to people at a younger age. Is that something that you feel like will help in this current world that we're living in to give people these therapy and counseling uh, counseling services at a younger age because we are in in a time where people are growing up faster? No question that the earlier people get into therapy, as far as I'm concerned, the better off because what ends up happening is that 
kids who get into therapy early, and, and look, I say this not just for kids who are deeply troubled, but kids who are struggling with issues at school for like normal kind of growing up stuff. Because sometimes kids, no matter how close they are with their parents, sometimes just having a neutral person. Look, I'm a therapist. I have two kids. And there are times where I say something they think is brilliant. And there are other times where just because I'm their mom, they're not going to hear it from me, but they'll hear it from a neutral party in a whole different way. So for kids to be exposed to therapy where they learn to identify their feelings, where they learn how to communicate in a healthy way, where they learn how to look at what's my participation in this problem or this issue that I'm struggling with and what's my part in it, to me, it's fantastic. I think we would have a, a healthier country if more people got into therapy earlier and were more kind of therapy-centric. And it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, every, when, have you, when, when did you start therapy? Oh, I was six. How about you? Right. I was 12. Yeah. You know, that, if, if it were more accessible, more... Um, and just more available. And, and I think a lot of the time people don't even realize how accessible it is because what most people don't realize is that there are mental health clinics around this country where people can be seen based on their ability to pay. In order to become a therapist, we have to do, us therapists have to do 3,000 hours under supervision. The vast majority of that is not paid and it's done at mental health clinics around the country. So if you Google mental health clinic and your area, most of the time you'll be able to find something that is reasonable where you can go. Yeah, I think that's a great resource to point out because my wife is, uh, you know, she has her master's and has, she ha- she's doing that now, the supervision. So mm-hmm. she's looking for people to therapize. I mean, there are, yeah. there are some resources out there for people. And I think it's really important, especially now, to think about how people can, uh, can have that neutral third party, even at a young age. I don't think they're, I think that we're trying yeah. to get away from the stigma around people being in therapy because you don't, it's like when you have a, a pain in your knee or something, like you go to the doctor. Yeah. when you have the pain, but you don't think about what's leading up to the pain. Mm-hmm. And so exactly. I think it's really important for people to get there, uh, you know, at the ground level. So thank you so much, Jen Mann, for joining us. And uh, you're welcome anytime. I'm going to start digging into your book. Uh, Dr. Drew endorses you on the back I'll of this sure book. i to post the article that I mentioned about what we can learn from couples in open relationships on my Twitter and Facebook and, and Instagram. So okay. you, can, you can find that at, at Dr. Jen Mann. Two ends on Jen, two ends on man. Great. And we will retweet it from DTS show as well. Thanks as always, Dr. Jen. Awesome. We'll, we'll talk to you next time. Sounds Thank great. you. Thanks. Bye. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Oh, and just like that, the show is coming to a close. What? I know. It's so sad. If you are just tuning in, wow. You missed a lot. You missed a lot. You're going to have to catch up on the podcast. Hey, see how I worked that in? Drop the subject. Just search for that wherever you find your podcast, or you can find it on radio.com. If you're just uh, checking out the show for the first time today, and you're like, hmm, that's interesting. I kind of like what I hear. Why don't you go ahead and give us a little rating on iTunes? It really helps us out. And if you hate us, uh, maybe just send us a private message. That'd be fine. Or you can always call us, 833-77-CALL-Q. I will take any calls, love or hate. All right. To close out the show, Clayton Ferris. Yes. We're doing something now on the show called Happy Endings. Okay. Because there's a lot of doom and gloom in this world. So it's important to focus on something that is making us happy. And this time around, I wanted to focus on something in the show that maybe made us happy. I'll start. Okay. 
the beginning of the show, I told a disgusting story about an ant infestation in my Honda. Mm-hmm, I remember. Me, I have, I'm having PTSD about it right now. It was, uh, <laughs> I was driving along, eating my hot lunch in the car. There was an ant on my arm. Then there was an ant on my center console. And then another. And then another. Then I pulled over and realized there was a giant trail of ants going all the way back into my trunk and all the way in forward into my front seat. It's horrifying. I could feel sad about that. I could feel angry and disgusted with myself. But then I could look at the happy ending of it all and think, hey, you know what? I'm not this woman in South Carolina that was almost attacked and killed by a swarm of fire ants. This happened to a woman named Donna Kearns. She was landscaping in her yard in Archdale when a string string trimmer hit an ant pile and the ant pile exploded. The ants started crawling all over her and biting her all over her body. She had a severe allergic reaction. She started feeling sick, collapsed. She went to the hospital and then she barely survived by the skin of her ant-bitten teeth. So I just wanted to say I am very happy that that was not me. And that is my happy ending. What's I, yours? I love your, you know, way into happiness. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dark. Yeah, you know. But it is. There's a silver lining to everything. I think that mine would be from within this show, just the fact that, you know, we make fun of like all these different terms and like all these new kind of ways to identify, but it actually makes me really happy to know that we can live in a world that's more expansive than the kind of like patriarchal, simple way that we've lived forever. Yeah. And it's, it's, I try every day to expand my mind a little bit more and it makes me like so much more open. You know what I mean? And you are very open already. And, and I want to be open more. You're just an more. open guy who wants to be so much more open. <laughs> it's really really beautiful thing to you're watch like, it makes me happy you're, you're like you're too open you <laughs> you are too open even for this station get out no uh, i think that's a beautiful thing clayton and, and i think you're right we do joke about these things you're like ah so confusing ah what is the we now that's your pronoun i'm so confused but it is a beautiful thing yes. that we get to explore all of these different ways of life and i think if you are creating and identifying with a brand new term that no one else has even thought of before that is beautiful. That is beautiful. And difficult. Yes. And tell us and brave. about it. Yes. So we can make fun of it. <laughs> but also, also lovingly. Love <laughs> yeah. That's very nice, Clayton. Thank you. Clayton Ferris will be back with me tomorrow. Thank you for hanging out with us and uh, stick around for some musical tunes, followed by Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan, and then Loveline. There are all kinds of fun programming on Channel Q. So uh, we will see you tomorrow for a brand new live show. Bye bye. Bye, guy. On the next, on the next, drop the subject. Oh, the next show is going to be a doozy. I'll be joined by guest host Clayton Ferris, aka that guy from the Printer Vine. You remember him, don't you? Yeah, you don't. And everyone who listens will get a free compliment, like these, for example. Those pants don't make you look fat, girlfriend. You are so oh. Sometimes it's important to smell like a barnyard. The wrong twin didn't die. You're not settling. You didn't waste your tuition on art school. Okay, that one was about me. I'm using it, aren't I? <laughs> No, I'm not. Drop the subject. 12 to 2 Pacific, 3 to 5 Eastern. On the new Channel Q.